Hello and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast. Now, there's this new thing. It's called, I think, paddle boarding, which isn't really a new thing because like most new things, particularly most new ancient things, they're actually uh, just things that go through phases of, you know, becoming popular bit like fashion crest one minute one thing's super popular the next minute it's just for uncool people and grandmas and then it comes around again isn't then cool again this thing i'm talking about today is a uh, bodyboarding i believe it's called something like that which is kind of like a surfboard but you stand on it and you've got a paddle paddle boarding that was it paddle boarding now there are several people that do a paddle boarding in the river round by where I live and every now and then a big boat will come past and send a ripplings out and all of the people that are not too great on the paddle boards fall off don't they now some people who fall off into the loud and resounding sea that is not really a sea at all as the astral I mean sorry going for a mundane explanation one not I? some people that fall off the paddle board into the water in the river think that this is some kind of an attack they think that the big boat because it's a big boat going past causing the ripples calling it causing everyone to fall off their boat well not everyone the idiots that are fairly new that don't fully grasp how you actually paddleboard they fall off they cannot cope with the changing okay the changing environment but that not is not an attack an attack would potentially be if that boat were to drive into you when you're on your paddleboard directly on purpose you'd probably know if it was an attack but it may feel like an attack because of unwanted consequences to something or someone else's actions chris how does that relate to the elephant in the room <laughs> sorry just enjoying your analogy a little bit too much also, um, are you one for paddle boarding or do you just think it's a fad at the moment i think it's a fad An answer the question you think is most important first please i think it's a fad oh <laughs> <laughs> i think they should just learn to canoe like everybody else if they canoe want that experience anything like that yeah it's only a Can't... small river far more far more useful skill than this paddle boarding yeah it is you can go faster in a kayak than you can on a paddle board i'm pretty sure i've not done paddle boarding but i have done kayaking and i've done canoeing as well also you can't go down rapids in a paddle board without breaking someone's neck mm, that's also true you know when you can be... only go on still water with one of those paddle boards you hence why the boat you could lie someone on a paddle board, gaffer tape them to it so they could not move, and then throw them down rapids. That could be quite an interesting experience. Not too dissimilar from waterboarding, like what the CIA do. I'm going to say that, that does sound a lot more like waterboarding. Yeah. Waterboarding does sound quite fun, though, doesn't it? It does. I Unless do you know I do enjoy waterboarding people. That is one of my favourite works of being with the KGB. <laughs> do they waterboard people at the KGB? I thought you just pulled off their... Uh, Fingernails. Who got created to waterboard. How humane, Chris. I like, I like a bit of that. I like a bit of all of it. Oh, speaking of the KGB, you'll never guess what. I got I got banned from Facebook, like completely banned from Facebook because he couldn't even like log in properly, not even on Messenger or anything like that because of the KGB. When? Today. What do you mean? I had today? to go for a bigger pills procedure because I apparently I made a post in 2021 that yeah. meant I posted uh, nudity. 
Did you? Graphic nudity I posted apparently in the year 2021 and the algorithms only just worked out that this nudity that I posted breaks the terms and conditions of the Facebook and my account wasn't deleted but it was locked so I couldn't even properly log in and I had to log in on the computer go through all this thing of saying yes I did do it yes I'd like to appeal it and do you know what image it was that I got Go back for post for, for posting? What? Something graphic and sexual, Chris. Was it the the one for the Tuesday night moot one? No, out of all of the gay porn and stuff I've put on Facebook, it had nothing to do with that. And I don't post those. I get um someone else from the moot who runs the Facebook page. Oh, okay post that so that person would get banned not me now the thing that i posted i believe and i'm not entirely sure um that the algorithm thought was a penis okay however what it actually was was uh president putin's face <laughs> <laughs> but because it's somewhat i don't know uh fireman's helmet shaped okay and it's a quite close up. I suppose the algorithm must have thought either Mr. Putin's face was indeed a, a member, not okay. a member of the KGB like you, a, a member as in a male member, a penis, right? Uh, okay. Or it must have meant that, like, it's Putin finally recognised that he's a giant cock. Extremely sexual and far too much for the Facebook. I presumed it had something to do with your friends, the KGB, that they didn't no. like. They'll have, just, they'll have just realised that Putin is just a giant cock. That's all. <laughs> right, back to the point. You made some vague reference to waterboarding. Prior to that, you asked me about um, standing on boards not being a good idea. Uh, and fans. Hey, I'm not saying it's not a bad idea. I think if you want to go wa wa not waterboard, and I'm going to keep fucking saying that now. If you want to go paddleboarding, you know it's summerish time. It's still quite nice out, sunny out, and that. Go for it. But when some big thing comes along and knocks you off, I don't know whether you should be getting and uh, you know getting upset and thinking it's an attack because it, it shows a lack of knowledge of your environment, the environmental factors that if a big boat comes along, there's a wake, not a wake as in someone's died, a wake as in the wake, the water, you know, it's going to get a little bit dramatic all of a sudden because a bigger shift. Hmm. And I was wanting you, Mr. Chris, to eloquently take what I've said, which is somewhat cryptic, and make it less cryptic and talk about the elephant that is currently in the room. I will do this. We're so, not talking about your brother now. No. Rude. That was mean. Um, so the... what I can kind of say get what you're trying to say. Um, obviously, I know what you're trying to say. But the to kind of put it for them would be... There has been some ruffling of feathers occurring in in a number of practitioners' practices... Obviously, uh, Witchcraft Live and the No Holds Barred group, which I'm hoping people listening to this are actually on and are experiencing and are, are actually sharing and sharing alike. Um, in those groups, they like to make their assumptions and their big theories. Um, what I would like to just put in there before we get on to the actual matter is that... Um, these are both groups that me and Liam built in order to encourage a sharing kind of witchcraft. Well, one one's about sharing, one's about taking the piss. Um, obviously, the one that's about taking the piss is named after this here show. Um, so that one is more about you kind of venting your frustrations in various different ways with new and cryptic um things that you've discovered in witchcraft and then trying to either tear them apart or build them up in that space. Witchcraft Live is is our kind of community where a whole group of practitioners, 
because if you if you're in there and you're not a practitioner you really shouldn't be in there um, get, the fuck out. <laughs> get the fuck out what actually should be happening is you should be absorbing practicing and when you feel ready which hopefully sooner rather than later that you'll share more about your practice and then people that have been around a little bit longer can pitch in too and you can all learn from each other so obviously the content we put out is all about you learning from us um, but these groups are designed for you to learn from each other having received the information from us in various different ways that you can kind of share and share alike um, and I think on the whole that works. Um, sometimes it can become a bit more, a bit too much of an echo chamber occasionally. But I think ultimately, it's probably one of the best groups on the internet, on Facebook or whatever, for practitioners actually doing shit um, and actually learning and actually progressing, rather than everyone, you know, metaphoric or dick waving and everyone bowing to their their every word so you know i think it's an it's a dynamic space that should be enjoyed however there are sometimes assumptions um made that we are somehow doing something covertly like me and liam have the time um bearing in mind we give so much so much time to this kind of free content etc that we have time to go and create non-public things um for you to all compete in no we um, have things to do that for us don't we of course <laughs> um one thing is they forget that there are three in this relationship not two um and obviously that that third person is thoth and is a silent partner but you know that's only the agreement with us it doesn't mean that they can't get involved elsewhere um is partly something to consider that actually you know we may not have done it but other other another entity may have got involved in your personal lives none of our interest and none of our business um as long as it, the agm if it's super big stuff though no doubt exactly if it starts to get unruly and we have to have a manager's meeting then we'll do so um but ultimately we are not about impacting your individual lives outside of your mentoring program if that's what you're in the the platforms that we create are specifically for you to enjoy to share and for you to really have as as best a community as possible um compared to what is available out there in the other kind of kiss ass me too's kind of oh, you know places full of memes everywhere else um so yeah back to the elephant the elephant being um that there's been a problem with a number of individuals people that are all actually practice you know actual practitioners that we are aware of um and it may have been happening to others we just weren't aware because you weren't engaged with the mentoring program or you weren't sharing which bearing in mind that is what Witchcraft Live is for. So if you're not sharing, um, you can't be talking shit about us in, in the background. Um, but they so, love, so many people love to talk shit about us, Chris, and are too scared to say it to our faces. But you all know that I love telling people they're wrong um, or correcting people. That's it's It's my raison d'etre it's the reason i exist um anyway the there has been this kind of backlash of of suggesting that we were involved i can categorically say we weren't um whether or not our silent partner was is very different but i really liked the analogy you gave liam of this kind of big ship going through and now that big ship isn't necessarily meaning to attack you it didn't notice you were there but as something passed, the ripples of its of its presence are seen. So, um, you know, depending on how small a fish you are or how small a, a body board or whatever it is that you're on, compared to the thing that goes past will mean that you will feel the presence of its wake. Mm, balance. That's not, that's not um, you know, we're not exempt from that. If something bigger than us was to go by, 
um, we would feel its presence. It's partly why. It's partly why going on. You feel the presence. It's whether you allow it to affect you, of course, or whether you see it come in when you look down that river and think, oh, look, there's a boat coming. It hasn't got to me yet, but when it does, things are going to get a bit turbulent. You know, and that if you can see it coming, you can prepare for the impact. Yeah, that's what astrologers are supposed to do, in it? But they always seem to do it retrospectively, from my experience. <laughs> and say, look, that thing that just happened that no one warned you about, well, it's been in the stars all along. <laughs> so there's, there's kind of two important bits there, which is one, accepting that you're not an island, that actually you cannot pretend, even if you put the biggest walls up around you as a practitioner, you can't pretend that you are not part of the rest of the the ecosystem and that if something much bigger than you comes by you are going to feel its presence the second part is to kind of say if you don't feel its presence then you've automatically know you've got a problem there which is that you don't have enough um, psychic ability and you haven't developed yourself enough to be knowledgeable of those things now the downside to any practice or I don't know, downside's probably too harsh. The downside to practice is that you will bring attention. So, you know, if you're working, regardless of how much energy you're working with, depending on the size of that thing that's going by, you will, you will screech louder than something else. Because even someone that's practicing on a really low level is going to glow a little bit more than a mundane is. Um, and it's going to obviously the further up that ladder you get, the the brighter that you're going to shine elsewhere, which is regardless why we talk whether you're trying to hide it or not. Yeah, regardless, regardless of what of what you're covering up or not covering up, because just because you think you're hidden doesn't mean that that thing isn't big enough to have the more higher technology of you used to protecting against sonar and hiding behind the occasional solid mass. Um, when they've then got um, a higher technology of actually looking, which means they're not reliant on echoes bouncing back um, and are going for a, a more technically advanced uh, scan, then we're going to be talking about the fact that actually you are going to be noticed because just because you've upped your technology doesn't mean you've upped it to the level that something bigger than you is looking from because again we talk about it a lot a lot of you seem to miss it it's all about perspective so like liam says that little boat going by you're going to feel that ripple because you're on a tiny little raft if that then happened to be a cruise liner that went past you might be capsized that's the difference the, the perspective that's there will mean that that will vary from size to size of the interaction between those two things so where was i planning to go with that liam the next bit environmental changes and what that boat really is so environmental changes will be that you should be making sure that you are the most aware in your environment that means my my rant that I make every time we talk about almost anything to do with magic is making sure that you have your regular cleanses and your grounding techniques and that you are constantly working on your awareness in order to be best prepared for when something new comes into your environment. Whether or not that be a positive new or a negative new, the fact that something new has entered your environment, you should be aware of it. Now, the size of that thing and what that thing is will all depend. At the moment, there's clearly um, what we're experiencing is actually the minor ripples of something much, much bigger. Yeah. Um, and what you're potentially going to have to deal with, those of you that are actually um, more able, um is that if you're appearing on anybody's radar at all, which means you only need to be above the mundane 
and practicing even the most basic magic, um, you are going to be potentially starting to feel the ripples of a big movement. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean that you've come into contact with with the main player. What you're talking about is where the kind of, you know, what are they called when you talk about earthquakes? They four shocks. I don't um, know. I was this is where we need clips. Those, those computer games where you have like the boss at the end of the level. Yeah. And it starts, the, the controller starts vibrating yeah. before you've <laughs> even seen it. We might be showing our age though. I don't think they do that nowadays, do they? Don't know. Um, no, only in things like Donkey Kong and stuff like that, I think is what we're talking about. Where um, where the music starts getting played slightly sounds more techno and the controller <laughs> starts vibrating like, oh, fuck, now the boss is coming. Um, yeah, we're talking about four shocks at this point. That means that you're going to be experiencing more and more um, interest regardless of what level you are playing at and i think that's something that needs to be recognized and not blamed on me or liam but that's the easy thing to do mr chris is to blame it on the fastest witches in all the land <laughs> if there's something fastier going on surely it must be the fasty witches although you would expect would-be witches to understand how dangerous these witch hunts can be and the area <laughs> lark and what it can lead to but some people don't know their history chris do they and other people such as the uh is it the woke people is that what they're called now you know the, the people that think they understand an issue and take a very extremist view on that issue to solve that issue but don't end up solving the issue that's another thing though altogether so we probably should let's skirt over that one don't want to offend more people so we've got like less than 10 minutes left is there anything else you'd like to publicly state did the archivist kill the queen in the end did we get to the bottom of that one <laughs> No, we have we we'll find out this week, I imagine. Okay. All right. Um so and let's not bring that up. I'm still a bit emotional about it all. So one lizard to another. We're always uh, mindful <laughs> of one another's existence. Oh don't the conspiracy theorists will start now. So so yeah, I think the big I think the big issue will always be people actually considering where the impact is. Are they prepared for it? And this isn't what I want to kind of point out before it goes over to the actual Patreon side, particularly because if you're this side and you don't pay for Patreon for the extra, um, this is going to sound like a real proper like tin hat kind of conspiracy sits episode where we're talking about some big bad coming that we don't know they'll be they'll be chalking us up next to the evangelicalists what the end is nigh chris the, the end, end is nigh the end is nigh the end of what though it's not the end of all though is it it's only the end of certain things yes certain by dinners. the <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Um, so, yeah, they, I don't want it to be too kind of, you know, uh, doom and gloom of the end is nigh. What I want you to kind of take away, if you're one of the practitioners that are only going to hear this side, is the fact that actually you need to remember that if you're practice, practicing beyond the kind of Pinteresty, Wiccan-esque, um, you know, neo, neo fagans. Um, then you kind of need to get to the point where you need to realise that you will be, even if your practice is only slightly above them, going to glow and and 
and be seen beyond what a mundane person will be. And that means that you will have more occurrences of things coming and being interested in you. You know, like um, these, uh, <laughs> I want to use another water-based reference, Liam. Um, you know, sharks are known for occasionally biting a human, but very few eat a human in whole because actually they don't like the taste of us and actually thought we were a seal. Um, so they take one bite and they go away. Um, that may seem tragic and world shattering to that individual that's lost a leg or really, really got a nasty, nasty scar. But ultimately, it wasn't looking for you. You just happened to be there. Um, which is where I kind of have trouble with the word attack. Because attack says that there was some premeditation involved and that there it was directed at you. Um, and like with Liam's analogy of the boat coming by, there is that aspect of, was it actually directed at you? Were you just in the wrong place at the wrong time? Are you just receiving the brunt force of something is passing just because it was bigger than you? You know, a giant walks through a village. It is no different than when you accidentally walk through a grassland and, and stamp all the grass down. You don't personally have an issue with the grass. It just wasn't as big in your view. And it was just part of the way that you were going. Have I got too cryptic again? Cause and effect. Now, some people will know, as Mr. Chris probably remembers, some people will know that in the UK, I'm famous, right? Because I was in the paper for something water-related, yeah? Now, I didn't swim the channel or anything like that. There was this big flood that happened, Somerset Levels, right? big flood it was kind of biblical because there was gravestones and houses and and all sorts underwater it was like the sea of atlantis crest but kind of if they turned the valve off halfway through it was kind of only half sunk you know they got all the downstairs in all the villages but not many of the upstairs right okay so in this big flood a lot of people didn't necessarily see it coming, which that's fair enough if you didn't see it coming. Could it have happened? Yes, it could have happened. People don't plan for that sort of thing because it didn't happen within a certain people's lifetimes, you see. It's something that happens every, I don't know, 100 years or so, potentially. But during this big flood, I had to drive my van through a flooded bit and there was a man with Wellington boots. He was walking along in the middle of the fucking road. Did I mow him down? No. But I had to continue going, because otherwise I'd have been fucked, because you have to keep going through a big puddle, don't you? Otherwise the engine will cut out. And I went past him, and I may have splashed him. Now, I didn't splash him on purpose, although I'm glad I did smash, splash him, because he was a prick. Um, unfortunately, the TV crews and the journalists and that were taking pictures there, and, and they got a pictures of me splashing him and also him using his little shopping bag to hit the side of my van over and over again it did end up in the papers um which everyone thought was absolutely hilarious and uh luckily my boss didn't sack me at the time he just thought that it was funny but here we go we have potentially him thinking that i did that on purpose did i splash him on purpose no i needed to get there and i'm perfectly happy to splash someone if it means my van not cutting out, you see. Now, other bigger things, like the Somerset levels itself, did it? Did the water itself know the spirits of the water and such? Did that know that it was washing away all of these villages and stuff? I suppose you'll have to ask an animist. I don't know. The point is, is that there is cause and effect that we need to remember, but that we are all linked in many, many different ways to the environment or environments that we are a part of and we're in. And I'd like to go into that further magically in the Patreon. 
So now we are actually in the Patreon. It's sensitivity that I'd like to start on. With increased psychic development comes increased sensitivity. Okay, so it's not just that you're sensing new things. It could potentially be that you're sensing things that have always been there or have been there for a considerable amount of time, but you've only just, your hearing is just developed enough to hear that drip, drip, drip from some leaky pipe somewhere after you cleaned your earwax out for the first time in a decade. You know, who knows? Sensitivity is one important thing. The more sensitive you are, the more things that you're going to potentially pick up, sense, that kind of thing. But if you don't have sensitivity, then you're not necessarily going to pick things up. The more sensitivity you have, potentially the greater detail you can pick things up. Now, there's constant energies changing all over the place. Because of cycles upon cycles upon cycles, these small cycles we all kind of get used to. The bigger cycles, however, we do not, because the bigger cycles might only happen every, you know, couple of hundred years or every couple of lifetimes or something like that. But there are big cycles that are coming on an energetic level. Now, we need to remember that this, as above, so below, cause and effect. We need to remember that energy and energy changes also have an impact on the mundane world. So from a phys uh, physics perspective, you know, um, laws of physics and such like that, physicality, this world down here, the mundane world, the solid world, is impacted by large energetic changes. Astrologers go on about them a lot, but they're not really very detailed and often pretty shit. Um, however, when big magical stuff is going on, it will have an impact on the mundane world and you will see that and the mundanes will be impacted upon that. Now, some people are aware that there are big energetic changes with regards to ships and such that will be taking place over this century. Most do not really understand the basics of what that entails. But know this, it will have a dramatic effect on the mundane world as well as the magical world. But these little shocks that you were talking about, Chris, these minor tremors, one is very scared that people are getting completely blown off, not even pushed off, blown off of their little paddle boards because a little narrow boat went past. What to happen when that person that's paddle boarding, because they're all paddle boarding, they're all wanting to advance. When they advance to where by me it would be called Avonmouth, but where they advance down that little river to where it meets the ocean and they start to meet this thing called the tide. They might be, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. But then what happens if the tide starts coming in? What happens if the tide gets a bit frisky? A storm at sea. How are you going to be on your little paddleboard then? You'll be, you'll be looking back to the good old days where you get knocked off because someone went along in a little narrow boat. This is worrying. Because this is a big change that is coming. And understand this. There are many mundanes out there. And when I'm talking many, I mean millions. Millions of mundanes that are going to be completely screwed and fucked up. Completely. Many people will die. Because of the energetic changes that are going to happen. You as magical practitioners should be able to see what's coming. You also should be able to navigate. But can you? The answer to that for many is no. And now it's time for Chris's segment because otherwise Liam gives too much away and we're not supposed to do that, are we, because of the rules and shit? <laughs> yeah, I just, again, apologies for the 
kind of doom and gloom kind of aspect of it is because a lot of people on the magical path don't ever really let go of their mundane life obviously mm. there is a balance to be struck but what i mean by that is that people don't generally speaking think about the bigger cycles they're still trapped with their kind of mundane cycle of you know get married have children buy a house get a job and then bring up children who will do the same and will get a house and and a job and and a person that will spend a life with and then they'll have more children and so on and so on so we get so kind of in the mundane cycle of there are mouths to feed houses you know roofs to keep on all those kind of parts that even when they kind of try to marry a magical lifestyle in alongside that don't have the awareness to see actually magic isn't there just to help you find that best job or that new house or help out with the children it should do but those are your basic every day that's your survivalist magic that's not the the great works that are kind of expected of you in the fact that you hold such a title as witch or magical practitioner or ceremonial magician like these are not kind of joy game names of you playing some kind of board game um and being playing a wizard for for a few hours on a sunday like to really take the bull by the horns and actually take on that mantle it's a big it's a big ask and actually managing that is a big ask and it's not for everybody but those that really do want to make that progression and see those levels also need to know that there is a perspective change that also needs to happen there are bigger cycles where bigger things matter more than grandma and those other boring mundanes at work now it's important to remain grounded and it's important that you have those human experiences as well i have to say this because liam won't say it is a robot um that those mundane interactions are required but just because you want to dabble and you want to dabble to the next level means that you're going to attract attention and that's what it comes back to is to practice at a higher level you are going to attract attention and it is therefore your job to deal with that attention and not deal with it away by kind of just brushing it off and then they'll just go and eat somebody else instead you you know there is that kind of part of accepting that there are cycles within cycles and like liam says cause and effect you dabbled with something therefore you will have the consequences of having dealt with it now we're not talking about western karma bollocks we're not talking about uh you know you'll reap what you sow in terms of karmic debt we are talking about the fact is you are playing with bigger forces those forces at this point will start to be hitting the forces that are sentient you know you were talking about this isn't um, magic is not that kind of just fun thing like in the disney movies that's sparkly and pretty and fun to play with yes it is sparkly and pretty and fun to play with at times but ultimately it is also sentient it is passing through energy is changing and it also has a job to do now i might be sharing too much here liam and you stop me if needs be but i had an interesting conversation about um planetary magic today um we'd got a i've got a client a mentee that is now a mentor 
for somebody else um in a proper in a proper way rather than just doubling in it like you like like they were before um not their first mentor but mentee but like their first really serious one where yeah. they you know having to invest thought and process into actually where am i taking them on this journey and where is is what and they kind of apologized for going for unnecessarily um like we have a trademark or something um for kind of borrowing what we do with a lot of mentees which is taking them through the classical planets mm. and actually getting them to understand kind of for lack of a better word liam you might know a better word than this i always think of them as quite and the reason we do it that way is because they're quite neutral mm. in the sense that they don't have the same kind of consequences if you were doing deity work where there's a an agenda or anything like that i find that kind of universal energy in terms of planetary is quite a neutral energy it's there it's available it's part of a system um and what i was trying to explain was um how there's something quite beautiful in my opinion about the saturnine energy um is the fact that it has a sense of <laughs> says the dark lord the fastest of all the there is something beautiful about its efficiency now obviously efficiency is not the word i used but it's the word i'm going to share with you now in the sense that saturnine energy even when you start to mess with the saturnine energy that is involved with deity and with spirit there is an oversensing experience of purpose within saturnine energy as the fact that there is you know you take a, a an underworld or you take a, a death current those these are the ones i'm kind of showing on that that modality of transmutation that is throughout it all is unbiased you know that kind of concept of saturn will reap all so therefore, actually, I'm just doing my job. There isn't a personal relationship with it. It's, it is kind of, for me. It's the kind of cleanest of the kind of energies in that way. That mm. it is fulfilling a cyclic purpose. It's not biased. It's not doing, you know. It's it's not taking more of this person than that person, or more of these entities than those entities. It is just a part of the cycle and its job is to maintain said cycle. So in that kind of cyclical, purposeful, non-biased process of transmutation, that that is quite a useful access point to not feel that if any of the energies were going to have an issue with helping, it's not likely going to be them in the sense that you work with its cycle and the cost is is within the process. Does that make sense? I may have gone a little bit off key. I mean, Saturn is a lot like a cash point. And the problem with poor people is they don't like cash points or I believe that they call them ATMs in America. Yeah. you know robots where you withdraw money from them yeah atm cash point you go to the cash point and people get most upset that the cash point don't give them money and says you have no funds in a very clinical way and people think well i'm upset with that i don't like that but it is very clinical it is yes or no it is limitation now people that think they understand saturn think ah checks and balances limitation there are no funds in my account therefore it's not going to give me any monies it's not going to spit out any dollar bills yo because i stand gangster then thanks um <laughs> however what they fail to understand is that yes checks and balances limitations and such but it's a robot robots can be reprogrammed with the right code you can have all the money in the fucking cash point 
But you do not understand how Saturnian current actually works. You see, this is the difference between true occultists and people that just know a little bit about magic, is that a true occultist would look at it and think, well, death current is my bitch. Death current, I understand that. I know what to do to change this outcome. People that we have too many of in the occult community think, oh, limitation balance. This person is supposed to, or this thing is supposed to die, is supposed to end because Saturn says it is. Therefore, it is the great balance in the universe. When in reality, actually, a child that stamps his feet up and down and says, I want more ice cream, you'll find with most advanced occultists that what they're actually like. Because, yes, we do care about great balance and we care about cause and effect and such. But if we want the damn ice cream, we want the damn ice cream and we will be getting the damn ice cream. Can damn you get the ice cream? cream? Now, what, one important thing that I would like to make, probably my final point before Chris says whatever he's going to say to blow your mind or whatever, right on like the mic drop bit at the end we only got like 10 or 15 minutes left um you've all been lied to okay you've been all lied to by these content creators authors and such and pol the political society i think these days which unfortunately only gets picked up more and more by the occultists magical community um, the lie you've been told is that your magical practice, it, it doesn't matter, you know. You can go and if you want to say a prayer or to do a petition-based spell, you can do that. If you want to light candles, you can go and light candles. If you, if it's all about your intention. If you feel good doing a healing ritual by lighting a little green candle and carving some shit into it, if that makes you feel good, who am I to judge that? Who is the rest of the occult community to judge that? This is the lie that you've been told, okay? Because the problem is, is that people are living, and I have mentioned this before, people are living so comfortably in a lot of these Western magical practitioners I'm talking about are living yes. so comfortably that their magical practice does not matter. And they've it's been bred out of them that their magical practice doesn't matter. Now, there are people that should know better. There are people that have serious medical conditions, serious financial troubles, all of these sorts of things that have big problems that are on a magical path that should be thinking, I need to hold myself accountable because if I'm a magical practitioner, I should be able to affect this with magic. But they're being told now. They're being told it doesn't matter. Just do your little spell. If you like doing it that way, do it. Results. When you look at the comparison between the, you know, some of the Eastern practices and some of the Western practices with Western people, unfortunately, is the culture of, I don't want to say laziness because there are a lot of people that work very, very hard, but there is the culture of magic not being integrated as a practical, but more importantly, necessary for life for survival now in the later half of the 21st century which is a century we're currently in that's going to change it's one of the reasons why me and chris put so much effort into helping people that want to learn magic because magic is going to be super important it's going to be like it is in other areas in the world with these little tribes that we think are fun to go and spend the week with on a package holiday deal type thing or watch a documentary about and think oh this tribe they do this they do that oh they're quite oh look at them blowing smoke on that person to heal them oh what a lovely quaint little practice they've developed magical practices and rituals and stuff over time because of necessity and guess what the storm is yet to come you people really need to fucking get off your asses and start integrating magical practices into your life that you can count on to do stuff because you're going to need to magical practice is a crutch 
to a lot of these places and a lot of these people, a lot of these tribes and such. It's a crutch because they may be able to support their own weight and wander about or fall about. But actually, with a cane, a walking stick, crutch, you can move a little bit quicker. You can do a little bit extra. You're more efficient. This is the difference between actually getting to your destination and not getting to your destination. Now, the important thing I want to say is that magic, Chris, is not stress tested in the Western tradition these days. It's not stress tested. In all other traditions, mainly, you find it stress tested. And I'm not saying that other traditions are therefore better than the Western tradition, because a lot of these tribes and such like that, they haven't, they have not progressed magically enough in the several thousand years since their inception. They have not grown enough. They have not evolved enough to cope with what will be coming soon. And there we go. Suck it up and start taking your magical practice ser seriously. Because if you think by what's happened of late that you were blown off of your fucking little paddleboard, oh my gosh, you just you, you don't know what's coming. Mr. Crest, do you want to do a mic drop or something? Or are you going to pick up where I left off? I don't know. I'm sure you have some in store for the patron. I will pick up where you've left off in the sense that what needs to be bared, bared in mind is we have got used to practicing in a particular way. Now, I use the word we because I specifically mean actual high-end level practitioners. There is a shift that is occurring right now that could actually put even us well-established intermediate and, and, and advanced practitioners at a disadvantage for the first time in a very long time. Which means those that are in the know are already trying to actually look at their practice and go, where am I going? What would I do if the power was switched off? Now, by that, that uh, that's not metaphorical. I'm not talking about rolling blackouts or those kind of third world responses to crisis. What I'm talking about is the actual fabric of how magic works. Mm. We tie our magic here very, very definitely into our understanding of science. And it has become what Liam has just described as a crutch for holding up our intellectual understanding of magic, it has become too intrinsically linked into the way that we conceptualise what is possible within magic. And what I'm referring to there is laws of physics, et cetera, et cetera, that you are all used to having to kind of underpin the kind of Western philosophy. Um, and we're now moving into a potential epoch, I'll use the word, or era, um, where magic may not work. Because we may have switches that could happen on a universal level, which means actually the foundations of what we consider to be modern practice, magical practice, may no longer matter. Chris, are you saying that this person that's always used Microsoft is now switching to Apple for the first time? Potentially. And for the start menu. Potentially. <laughs> oh, no. Um, They're going to be fucked when it comes to Linux then, aren't they? They are going to be absolutely fucked when it comes to Linux. And this is what I'm talking about. I'm also talking about the fact that if suddenly we are, as a culture are very, very heavily involved on um, electricity and binary code and computers, robots. If See? suddenly we were to take away all that automation tomorrow, what would your life actually look like? Could you actually 
hunt and find animals and grow plants in order to survive. This is the kind of size of size of the shift we are talking about. We are talking about if the advancement that we have currently the um, could suddenly become your handicap. Yeah. So this is what we're talking about: is that your what you consider your advancement, our technological advancement over somewhere else is suddenly taken away that suddenly becomes your handicap because you are so used to the automation that if we were to take the automation away would you know how to use your body and this is what we're talking about so in third world countries in in this world and not even necessarily third but east eastern countries in this world are not reliant on the belief uh, they have a real belief system that is built in a natural magical practice even if they don't practice magic it is that level of ingrained into who they are as people and their culture that they are not separated away from their spiritual knowledge the western world thanks to Yahweh and friends, has managed to strip away our understanding of what it means to be a spiritual being. If we suddenly don't have that automation, that kind of magical advancement we think we have in the West, how would you be able to stand up against anything that came along? Yeah, so start learning Chinese now. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of confusion there because we're talking on so many different levels in the, at the same point that you need to actually have the foresight to know what you're going to need. Mm. The biggest point is there is that kind of adapt to survive aspect of when you have nothing. We have been very rich in so many different ways. And we're not talking about financially. If a single one of you is thinking about their living wage, you can go fuck yourself. I'm talking about the actual concept of what do we have in terms of knowledge? Because at the moment, we're at a point where we are so reliant on Google um, in order to actually finish our sentences that actually do you even command your own language anymore one thing that i always admired and liked about the old cunning folk because i know they come with a lot of judeo-christian baggage which we may not necessarily like but they are so above and outside in terms of knowledge from the other people that are in the village that the other people in the village can't even relate you know, when it comes to cunning folk, wise man, wise old wise woman, three wise men, whatever you want to say, the knowledge level, they are survivors. They're survivors because they have an integration of magical practice, herbal lore, whatever it is. They understand things and see things differently. And it is a lot of the time when you look at them, what are they most famous for? Psychic ability and such. Their ability to see and understand what's going on. Now, how many magical practitioners these days and occultists that are big parts of these big organizations you know big occult lodges and stuff how many of them are capable of actually being the cunning man or wise woman of a small community how many of them would be able to deal with what would be needed to deal with in a community like that could you deal with sick people could you deal with people that have issues with poverty, with any of these things, psychological issues, anything like this? Can you deal with any of that, with people constantly knocking on your door with fucked up situations? Because if the answer is no, then I might you might want to think, rethink your path, your magical path. Also, how many magical practitioners are in that situation themselves as the fucked up person that is knocking on others' doors? 
this is another thing. People have had it too easy for too long. Things are going to change. But that's it for this edition of the No Horse Bar Witchcraft podcast. It's not all doom and gloom because there will hopefully be another episode where we'll talk about something completely different. But no doubt it will be just this fun. Say goodbye, Mr. Chris. Ta-ta for now. <laughs>